Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to Eleven. And no, you are not hearing the usual buttery voice of our host, Nathan Bell, because there is a real sense in which Nathan Bell is not here today. I am here, your faithful co-host, Craig Dutcher, but the main host, the host with the most, is not here today because we have, in a sense, Nathan Bell here, but what would I call you, Nathan, a 2013 version of yourself? This is a 2013 version of myself, yes. Wow. This is <clears throat> This is around the time where I was probably at my peak when I would argue and defend politically from the Bible. Oh, um, well, that doesn't happen anymore. Right. <laughs> oh, wait, <clears throat> wait, it may. So wait, may. wait so ju- just to get clear on this, Nathan, yes. you are, in Marvel terms, Gamora being brought into 2023 from a previous time. That is a good analogy. I right? like that. I like that. It's like you have hopped and I don't on... Even, I'm being called Gamora because, <laughs> I mean, she kicks butt, so... She does, man. I wouldn't mess with Gamora. <laughs> man, she she can she can throw down, man, with any guy, so... Um, but yes, if you are a fan or if you're not and need an, exp- uh, an explanation of the Infinity War Endgame saga. Yes, yep. Uh, I'll give away that much. It has been what, dude? Like six years, five years? Well, Infin- uh, Inf- Endgame was 2019, right? Yeah, Spring of so Infinity War was 2018. Yep. So five years since that was introduced. Gamora, um, uh, who was a regular character from Guardians of the Galaxy, yep. um, meets an um, untimely end. And uh, she is brought back for the sequel uh, by them basically getting her from a different time, from different time, yeah, from like 2014, yeah. Uh, and she comes into the 2023 world. So we're almost at the same point, but we're going we another year back. See, we're we do things bigger than Marvel. That's right. That's right. We're going. We're going way. We're way back. going a full 365 days back. That's right. But that means Nathan. In 2013, yeah, and that's why I wanted to explain what we're going to do today a little bit. Yep. Um, let me back up and land us, dude. You're you're a better host than I am, so I'm <laughs> I'm making it up on the fly. No worries. We are uh, going to tackle this subject as our final uh, issue uh, in May, which is under the broad banner: What does God want? Yeah. Um, yeah. And we have been sort of talking, nibbling around the edges, some very <clears throat> current, mm-hmm. contentious, hot topics right yeah. now among uh, Christian thinkers on subjects like Christian nationalism. Yeah, yeah. What is the role of the 
uh, church or of the individual Christian or both concerning, you know, let's just, some of the hot topics now, LGBTQ stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my goodness, drag queen story yeah, hour yeah. stuff. Uh, transgender stuff. Um, it could be anything. It could be uh, immigration. Yep. Uh, at the Mexican-U.S. border stuff. Fill in the blank. Basically, turn on any evening news show um, and whatever topics are leading those first 10 minutes. Um, Many Christians are buzzing about those topics with all kinds of ideas, passions, etc. So, Nathan and I have been talking for some time about having a conversation with a fellow believer Mm -hmm. in Christ. Yep who is very open about um, sort of fusing um, scriptural ideas, political ideas, and talking about them um, sort of simultaneously. Uh, Maybe a way to say it is um, the mission of the Christian or the mission of the church, how much does it intersect with politics? Mm -hmm. And there are many... Believers say that say, oh, it intersects like a hand in a glove. Yeah, you're yeah. telling us, Nathan, that you're today in just a moment. I'll in, still keep kind of piecing this intro. Going to represent the version of yourself that would have happily said absolutely yes to that 2013 version of yourself. So obviously you've changed. Yep. So I'm going to put you on the spot, Nathan. Yeah. Why are we doing this instead of inviting a friend? We both have friends. Yeah. Some are mutual, some just we individual. We do? Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you well, were my friend, Greg. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm your friend, dude. I'm going to go on a limb and say Joy and Lisa are friends of ours that we're willing to endure our our crap as uh, you know, our wives. Uh, and there might be a couple more in there. A couple and more in there, we, yeah. We've actually talked about friends. That, you know, yeah. We're not going to name them, obviously, oh, yeah. here that we have. Why aren't, why aren't we having one of them on? Yeah, that's uh, that's a great point. Uh, you know, the more I, I think, the more we started exploring this, and the more we started looking at it, this is fresh for so many people. Yeah. Not only is it fresh for so many people, it's very deeply personal for so many people. Yes. Greg, years ago, you and I, uh, we we would do these things called fireside chats. Yeah. And these were topics that uh, sometimes we would invite guests in on. But we took one in particular, and that was uh, the, the destiny of unborn children. Yes. And you and I just looked at that and said, you know what? This is such a, a hot-button topic for so many people. Yeah. And this is such a, a personal experience for so many people mm-hmm. that we didn't feel we could bring anyone else into the discussion. Yeah. And... A, not vilify that person. Right. Or uh, B, not, not have them come in and, and really put someone down in, right. in what they think and believe or even what they were experiencing at the time. Yeah. And so this is one of the advantages of you and I being friends is we are able to have these conversations um, and I believe do them justice where bringing someone in from the outside is either a, uh, I, I think it might be too heavy to bring yeah. somebody in. Yeah. We, we, we have really good friends on, on 
totally different sides of all of these spectrums. And to actually bring someone in to debate them, they're, they're our friends and we don't want to lose them as friends. Thank you, Nathan. I, thank you. And I, I hope everybody listening understands the, the gravity of that. We're not just trying to be uh, controversial to make it more interesting. Um, you know, we did reach out to one person that we both mm-hmm. know. And I think uh, they understood what we were asking. My sense is the place they find themselves, yes, I'm doing the purposeful plural here, right. obscure things, uh, was just not an ideal spot. Yeah. My sense was this individual didn't feel they have the capacity. Yeah. Because it's a way of acknowledging, man, that discussion really yeah. weighs on me. Yeah. And could we talk about something lighter? Yeah, and of course we can on, yeah. on a, you know another uh, uh, another podcast. I'm seeing a guy this week um, that I haven't seen for several months. Looking forward to it. Yeah, who I think Nathan, you're going to unintentionally channel in just a moment when we get started here. Because a lot of people I'm going to be unintentionally <laughs> channeling in a moment here. You're essentially uh, going to kind of role play the the person. Yeah. That, um, you know, and, and what I, let me say this, what I love about this, this is not an attempt at doing a funny caricature. Correct. Like a dude who is occasionally right. called in. This isn't, this isn't the, um, you know, TV version of the nutty, charismatic Christian right. who is, who is coming in, like you said, the caricature. This right. isn't what this is going to be. This is my genuine thoughts and, and perceptions of how I was. Right. And, and hopefully being able to do justice to the argument. Um, Greg, we've talked about this before. I teach rhetoric. I teach debate. Yep. And one of the things that I tell my students is you need to know and understand arguments. Yes. And, and uh, very personal, uh, talking to my students about abortion, I said, look, guys, I... Uh, not in character yet, so, you yep. know, until we get there. But uh, I said, you know, here's the deal, guys. I am against abortion. Right. However, if I can't put myself in the place of a young 14-year-old girl who's just been raped and found herself pregnant and scared Mm -hmm. and the prospect of what is to come and how her life has already been changed and then how it's going to continue to be changed in the future, Mm -hmm. and if I can't at some level... Um, have compassion and sympathy for her contemplating abortion, then I truly do not understand this topic. I need to be able to emotionally internalize what's going on. I don't have to agree with it. Yeah, I don't have to agree with the decision that's being made, but I have to be able to, to have compassion. I have to be able to have sympathy for that situation and say, you know what, I I would not want to be in that situation. Yeah, dude, that's, isn't that just a, a basic, uh, one, logically it makes sense. Uh, I mean, you go back to uh, the great uh, Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird, yeah. you know, you, you you don't know a man until you basically, you, you walk around in his skin. Yeah. Um, that's a, a oft re- quoted refrain in the book and the movie. Uh, so in my mind, that's forever in the mouth of Gregory Peck. Yes, but it is a um, it's a common sense approach. 
but from a distinctly Christian vantage point. Yeah. Oh my goodness, isn't that weeping with those who weep, rejoicing yeah. with those who rejoice, which is almost an invitation for an imaginative kind of a little strong it's it's not pity. No. It's empathy. Yeah. yeah. It's feeling what it must be like. Or doing the best you can. So I love that, dude. I, I think that when we get going here, you know, one of the goals is because I'm I'm gonna come at you pretty hard. That's all right. And I expect you to come at me pretty hard, yeah. Nathan, on this stuff. And uh hopefully people think, man, maybe Nathan and Greg do disagree. Well, for the sake of the next few minutes, we we will disagree. Yeah. And I I want folks to understand listening, uh, my intention is not to turn your character here, Nathan, your persona into a villain. Yeah. I'm going to try to state why I disagree, why I think you're missing the mark, yep. as I would expect you to do the same for me. Yeah. All right. How's all that right. for an intro? That's great, we man. Got there. I couldn't yeah. get there without you, dude. Hey, I needed you to help me along. That's all right. We've got there. Um, just uh, just so everybody kind of gets a feel and flow for uh, how we're going to be doing things, um, I've, I've kind of got my phone here, and so I'm going to be keeping um, some track of time, and so... Uh, Greg, what I'll be doing is I'll be putting the timer on. That's great. Um, so that way, uh, we we essentially will have about five minutes to answer a question. Yep. If we if we finish answering the question, then I'll stop the timer and restart it for the next person to be able to go and so on. Perfect. Um, one of the things that Greg and I had talked about was Greg, you're mostly going to go ahead and start coming at me with questions. Okay, that's going to be kind of the the starting format. Yep. So you're gonna you're gonna roll us into this. Uh, I would say, like with all of our podcasts, however, I don't know where this conversation no, is going to go. We never really do. Dude. Um, I, you know, I have a general idea and sense of it, but uh, you know, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, so I'm going to let you go ahead and start off, and then I will hit the timer and uh, get my five minutes to respond, and then, like I said, if I answer within uh, under that time, then I'll turn it over to you and. Great. We'll just kind of go back and forth. So, uh, Greg, right. you are now speaking to 2013 Nathan Bell. Well, hello, 2013 Nathan. I'm glad to have you here. It's good to be here. I'm going to ask you um, a question by by way of a premise that I offer. Yeah. And my question is your thoughts on that premise. Okay. And my premise is that the church... And or the believer, I'm going to put both together, the believer okay. in Jesus Christ, should not uh, merge politics with their faith. Okay. Uh, and, what I, and what I specifically mean is as we represent Christ, mm -hmm. if people can detect that we are aligned with a political philosophy, a political party, we are in support of one party over the other, and let's be honest— Usually in our part of the world, it's conservative versus liberal, Republican versus Democrat, sure. and that we should be on the Republican conservative side. Amen, brother. And I am going to say categorically, no, we should not do that. What are your thoughts on that, Nathan? Yeah, no, that's that's great first question or, or premise, actually. Uh, first, let me say that I think, uh, and I think this needs to be established, so I'm, I'm actually not even going to start my time yet. Yeah. I, I want to separate the pulpit from this. Sure. Because I I think that when you come down to it, and there are there are those who would disagree with this, mm -hmm. but I, I don't think we can get away from this from scripture. The pulpit is to be biblically Christ gospel centered 
period. So any pastor who gets up to speak about politics from behind the pulpit, I think is doing a disservice to what they're supposed to be doing in that place, in that charge. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that caveat there, let me begin. Um, I think as believers, we we should feel free to discuss our political vantage points with people, right? I mean, look look at look at history, right? As Christians, we are bent on on being honest and truthful. I mean that that should be our goal, regardless of if we're talking about the gospel, if we're talking about historical facts and events. Um, or if we're talking about the way political parties align themselves. And traditionally, the, the Republican conservative party has stood up against things that we as Christians would call wrong or evil, things like abortion, things like um, same-sex marriage. Those are things that, that we should stand up against because even in our everyday conversation— we would say, no, 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 look at what Scripture says on these topics. And so these things are wrong. So if somebody comes out and says, well, you know, um, for the sake of the gospel, you know, you kind of want to remain more politically neutral because you might isolate people. I mean, yeah, but but doing in, in remaining politically neutral, don't we also isolate people? Don't we isolate the, the Republican who who is not a believer, right? Because, I mean, it would be foolish to think that just because a, a Republican or a conservative agrees with all of my views, that that person is a believer. So the, the, the clout that I carry, the, the cash that I carry, the credit that I carry to be able to talk to that person, because we do align in that way, I, I think gives me a greater command to being able to speak uh, the gospel to them. And to being able to talk to them about, okay, here's here's my opening. You know, you're you're a conservative person. You know, you don't profess Christ as savior, but you acknowledge that you know there there's a sanctity in life. And so, this is my starting place to be able to talk with you about these things and to be able to to have that conversation with you about the gospel. Okay, I definitely don't think that you alienate people by being politically neutral and when i say politically neutral nathan i'm not advocating for the individual christian to not have opinions um i mean they might there are some people that are just not politically interested for many reasons and i I think that's fine but there might be people and i'm sure people listening here that are diehard you know fox news watchers upset about tucker carlson upset about you know um, what what appears to some to be a uh, a bent towards um, progressive policies in the Justice Department, you know, fill in the blank. Um, in no way would I ever advocate that a believer should not, cannot have those views as an individual citizen of the country. What I'm saying is when the believer talks to people and they share those things openly, how are you not alienating 50% of the people you're trying to reach? That's my question for you. So you've got, um, you know, say, hey, I'm going to talk about, you know, this this restaurant in my neighborhood, um, you know, is uh, is doing a, a drag show Monday night theme. That's actually happening here in Harford County. 
at a, a pretty popular sports bar. Um, that topic comes up, you know, water cooler talk. If you start sharing your views on that, which I'm assuming, Nathan Wright, or mm-hmm. this is wrong, this is violation of God's standard, mm-hmm. right, in, in terms of what he, what he envisions for marriage, et cetera, and you share those things, um, what, I mean, tell me, what aren't the people there that, are not Christian, but are progressive Democrats, whatever they're watching MSNBC every night or CNN mm-hmm. every night, or they're just, you know, getting their source of news from, uh, another spot. Aren't they saying, Oh, I'm not even talking to this dude. He's one of these clowns. Like, how would you respond to that? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, because obviously in my head, I'm thinking they're a bunch of clowns. So, uh-huh. um, you know, I definitely, I definitely think there's something to that. I, I think, you know, going, um, you know, thinking about Second uh, Timothy 3.16, mm-hmm. you know, all scriptures God breathed and is profitable yeah. for, you know, that, that entire list, um, that God's word is going to convict them. And so I don't necessarily need to come in and browbeat them, you know, and I think, I think that's important. I don't need to come in and jump all over them, but... Um, you know, coming in and man, you know, that's, I, I mean, I think that's interesting, but man, I mean, this is what the Bible says, right? This is what it talks about. The fact that, you know, uh, l- l- let's go ahead and just focus on one thing sure. because, you know, there, there are so many topics. So, uh, let's take, um, transgenderism. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, you know, somebody somebody comes up and talks to me about you know this is what I want to do, um, and they're you know they're twenties, thirties, forties. You know, I mean, I think twenties is young, but you know they're uh, above the law; they're above eighteen. Um, and and I think that's good, and I think that's right. How can I not um, talk to somebody who's in that position and and passionately defend? Well, okay, so somebody who's, you know, let's say 20 and above wants to do this. That's their right. That's their choice. I don't agree with it. But, man, the things that they're doing to little children who don't have a voice in our political climate to be able to stop what's going on. Because within within our nation, we, we petition, right? We... Uh, we boycott. We stand up. These are these are the means that are given to us in our nation. We write our senators, and then we have conversations with people who are on the other side to be able to say, "Man, what a, what about that little one? You know, who can't stand up for themselves and say that this is wrong?" Because again, you look over in Europe, and you've got you've got these children who had these operations done because their parents were saying, well, it's legal and I can do it and, you know, on you. And these kids are coming back and they're just so broken up over it. You know, they're so broken up and, and how could you let me do that? I'm a child. I didn't understand this. And so being able to have, I don't see the harm in being able to, to talk with someone about that. And that conversation in and right there is going to give me away as being a conservative, right? I don't even need to come out and say, I'm a Republican, I'm conservative, just within that, they're going to be like, oh, you're one of those, right? And it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, I could couch it in biblical terms or not. I could have this discussion uh, in biblical terms or not. And so, I mean, I guess why why wouldn't I feel free to be able to talk to this person? And again, 
not not get fired up, right? Not start calling them names. I mean, that's, you know, that's inappropriate. But but being able to talk to them about the truth of what's actually happening and going on around the world when it comes to this topic and what's happening, you know, to these children and, and what's happening to them years later yeah. after those things. Okay. Okay. I hear you. And I, I think you made some some valid points there, particularly about advocating for children. I, I do want to come back to that. Let me hit you on a quick thing. You might not need five minutes for this. Um, in recent years, Nathan, I see it all the time on Twitter. And I'm curious how you feel about this. Yeah. I see Christians that are kind of unashamed to identify with their faith, simultaneously uh, unashamed to identify with their their political party, which they see, as I think you said, as an outgrowth of their faith or their political convictions, um, which dovetail with biblical convictions. I'm not arguing that either. But they will, um, um, okay, let's go Brandon. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, the let's go Brandon chant was because some folks at a uh, what NASCAR race were not saying let's go uh, Brandon. They were saying blank Biden. Mm-hmm. And I think the commentator tried to cover it up. Oh, they're saying let's go Brandon. It kind of became a joke. Mm-hmm. So I see Christians, let's go Brandon is a blank you Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. And you know, people want to uh, uh, deny that. I see a number of Christians that I know on social media that are putting it out there on Facebook. Let's go, Brandon. Ha, ha, ha. Elephant. You think that's okay? Yeah, I, I would say... I would say that's not because that's crossing a line in Romans, right? Okay. That we already honor the authority that God has put over us. Yeah. Now, I think there's a way that we can honor our authority and also speak honestly about them. And so I think in looking at uh, Biden's policies, President Biden's policies, and critiquing the things that he says and does, I mean, I think I think that is fair to do. I think as American citizens, we're called to do that, actually, right? I mean, this is, this is the foundation of our, our documents in the Declaration of Independence, um, now, I, I want to be careful here because I do know that there are a lot of uh, conservatives who confuse the Declaration with the Constitution. However, in all of our founding documents, this idea that we have the freedom to be able to stand up against our our leadership, mm-hmm. whatever side they're on, yeah, right, we have that freedom and ability to stand up to to call them out on issues, to call them out when we see things that are wrong. Um, I think that is something that is uh, unique to us, granted within our legal system, granted I, I within our that. government. Yep. And so I think when when you look at Romans, Romans is clear that we need to be respectful. Mm. And so you know, I, I mean, we can we can go back. You know, let's let's go beyond Biden. Right? Let, let, let's start when when I started this whole process of getting into politics and voting mm-hmm. back with. Um, George W. Bush, mm-hmm. right? You saw those things then. Yeah. You know. Oh, sure, and, sure. And, yeah. And you know, you go, you go down to you know former President Obama. Yeah. You saw those things then. Former President Trump. You saw those things yep. then. You know. And so, to me, looking at things like that, that you can't biblically marry with the the conservatism I'm talking about because. At the end of the day, you can't get around that God has commanded us to to honor and respect the authority that has been placed in office. Yeah. But 
I do think that we have the freedom and the comfort to say, yeah, I, I don't agree with Biden on this. You know, the, this policy that he's issuing, this is a problem. The fact that he wants to more uh, aggressively give states uh, rights to uh, end children's lives, this is a problem. You know, life is is sacred and holy. And so, you know, standing up to protect that, and, and again, we have a myriad of ways that we can do that granted to us within our documents. One of those is that we can publicly go out and demonstrate um, and and say, no, 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 this is wrong, and I can carry around my sign. I can, I can go and I can petition my uh, senator or legislator, whoever is in charge. Uh, but I, I can also feel free to have those conversations with people who, who disagree with me on that and say, man, you, you tell me you don't see this as a life, right? This, this child, and, and again, person, you know, the, the, the liberal person wouldn't call this a life, but, but how do we define life, mm-hmm. right? Having those conversations and asking them those kinds of questions. Yeah. I mean, I would say this, Nathan, I, I like your tactic uh, a little more than some maybe of your peers that would believe in generally what you're describing. This is what I, I'm really concerned with. Um, who cares? Uh, no, no, no. Let me explain that. <laughs> when I say who cares, what I mean is when we're trying to introduce people to Jesus, who cares about these other issues, important as they may be. If I know that by associating myself with a hot political topic, um, and I just say, well, Scripture speaks to this, but here's my thought on that. Mm -hmm. All the time, we intuitively don't just share everything that Scripture says. For instance, in my church world, on Mother's Day... I'm very unlikely to preach a bloody Old Testament uh, war story, right? Or uh, the way the book of Judges ends, where a woman is cut into 12 pieces mm-hmm. and a different piece of her ship to every... Uh, but, and most Christians get that. Mm-hmm. It's God's word. There's sure. truth in it. It's got the power. Every word he speaks. Yet, all the time, we make conscious decisions about time, place, etc., uh, so my view on this is that all of the theology that's communicated in Scripture about the power of the Word, I think you and I are likely going to agree on, mm-hmm. yet I don't think that precludes the notion of being thoughtful, careful, mm-hmm. selective. For instance, um, somebody has just lost a loved one. Mm-hmm. Most Christians that I know, there might be some exceptions. I think, Nathan, uh, you you would 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 be with me on this and you tell me if I'm wrong would intuitively just say hey I'm not going to go in there and meet this person that's just lost their parent or their spouse or heaven forbid their child and just giving all the biblical truth about hell sure and yeah, how yeah, yeah. you know what lots of sweet people that paid their taxes and were good might end up in hell because you read the moment yeah. Again, you could say, well, that's God's word. We can state it and trust it's the power. So my point is we do this all the time intuitively, mm-hmm. you know, intuitively where we, we limit what we talk about for a greater purpose. Yeah. My whole thinking is the way we interact with, with people that are lost, mm-hmm. 
and they might be conservative or or uh, progressive. They might yeah. be Republicans or Democrats, Greens, Libertarians, Constitutionalists, what have you. Um, I'm always looking for the most common ground. Mm -hmm. Hey, are you a Breaking Bad fan? Mm -hmm. Hey, are you a Tom Cruise action movie guy? You you a Ravens person? You a sports person? Are you a car person? What? Because the most important thing to communicate is Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I hear what you're saying. The abortion thing, it, it makes sense to me. I don't, it's, I think our debate, Nathan, is more when we get to those subjects. Mm. I would rather cover those subjects in a context where a person has professed faith in Jesus. Mm. Hey, I want to follow Jesus. I want to know about him. And then what does scripture say about topic A, topic B, topic C, as we learn and grow, which we're still doing. Mm -hmm. We're constantly thinking, what are the implications of Jesus' lordship for every area of my life? But mixing politics on the front end kind of with a, well, God addresses this here, he addresses it here, seems to me to violate that this intuitive thing we do in every other circumstance but this. Am I making sense? You are. So so I've got something else I'm going to throw back on you. Sure, please. Um, so le let's say, for instance, right, okay, we, we've got these movies, The Purge. Yeah. Right? Let's say for, as an example, that that was a thing. Uh-huh. Okay? And uh, what is it? Once a year for 24 hours, yep. you get to do All whatever you want. All crime is legal. Okay? And so... Now, this, I, by the way, person, Nathan, I've lived my uh, library uh, fines like the purges of twenty four seven daily reality. Keep going, keep going. So, so let's say you 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 live in in this society in this sure. world where this is legal. Um, are you going to stop in that moment to preach the gospel to these people, uh -huh. or are you going to take care of the immediate threat that's going on? Uh huh. That's and a so, great question. And so, I would, I would. I would translate that more loosely mm -hmm. to say we we are right now millions of children are are dying uh -huh. being killed in in abortion clinics. Yeah. Um we are significantly rising into the upper end of of children whose families are committing them to chemical castration and yeah. And forever going to make a decision that is going to be irreversible on these children's lives. Yeah. I would agree that that yeah, that there's a time and a place where where we need to let the gospel speak and stand, but there's also a time and a place where we've got to take action and we've got to say, um, there's an immediate threat right now, and and I need to address this immediate threat. Yeah, good. It's a great question, dude, and I think a very fair question. Uh, you may or may not like my answer. You 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 can let me know uh, what you would say. My thought on that is: let's say the the, the purge were real. Um, there there there's twofold. As a citizen uh, in America, I have the right to vote, and I think it should be exercised. Uh, and I would certainly vote uh, if that was ever on the ballot. Hey, let's not have a 24 hour period where all crime is legal. Um, if I'm a politician, and notice we haven't really talked on that subject. Um, I'm not even saying a Christian can't be a politician because I'd be going against one of my historical heroes in William Wilberforce, right? So yeah. Yeah. when you are in a position where you're actually legislating out of a worldview that you have, absolutely, that's, that's, um, 
to be expected. That's what everybody does. If you're a person that believes that um, uh, fetuses in the aren't children, it's not what I believe. But if you believe that, I would expect your policies that you vote on are going to be shaped by that worldview. So for the Christian, I think it's the same. I have no no issue with that uh, whatsoever. So uh, I would probably hope, dude, that uh, many Christians uh, would um, let their worldview and even many common sense non-Christians would let their world, hey, this isn't good. We are cheapening lives and, and inviting all sorts of problems if such a world existed. On the personal level, uh, I'm out and about in the purge. I didn't get back to my house. I'm doing one thing and one thing only. I'm keeping my family safe, right? So I'm with you. I'm not going to say, well, let's be martyrs tonight and preach the gospel. For one, my children I'm responsible for, and I think my goal as a father is to keep them safe, to keep my wife safe, et cetera, till the sun comes up. If I can do that, throw my weight around as my only shot, because uh, I certainly am not going to be able to hide uh, if I turn sideways. Uh, then I would would do that. So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not at all repudiating common sense survival, common sense. Let let me hit the abortion thing though. Mm-hmm. This is an ongoing battle. I think to what uh, another version of yourself. I'm being a little unfair uh, unfair here, Nathan. Before we started, said earlier. I'll quote this future version. Um, the idea of being able to understand another person. Uh, and where they're coming from, the 14-year-old girl that's uh, having the abortion. I do think in some of the charge dialogue, the murder charge sounds confusing to the the pro-choice person because why are they calling me? I don't think this is a child. Now, I disagree with them. Of course, I think it is a child. But I know they don't think that it is. What why is that the case? I think that's the result of a biblically deficient view of the world. Where is that view formed? I think in the context of unique Christian discipleship. So a lot of what we're saying is about where to place the other stuff. So I think the church's main mission is to share the gospel and introduce people to Jesus. Therefore, I think the individual Christian's main mission is to share the gospel and introduce people to Jesus. I sort of know. Uh, by common sense, experience, various scriptures like Colossians 4 that talks about walking in wisdom towards the outsider, um, not being engaged in contentious debates, etc. I believe that we are to use all of our conversational energies in introducing people to Jesus. When I go political, I just know, man, I'm alienating 50% of the people that I want to reach. Um, on the abortion front, uh, if a person asks me, Greg, what's your view? I'm going to tell them my view. Uh, lying is never justified. You know, we, we have to be people of the, uh, of the truth, but I'm more concerned as a concern as I am about abortion. And believe me, I've got four kids, uh, Lisa, uh, you know, I, you know, some, some miscarriages in between, um, you know, it's one of the most painful experiences anyone can have. I am passionate about the cause of the sanctity of life. Even that, however, I subordinate to the gospel, that the gospel must be proclaimed first. When the person's heart, even when that person's heart is soft, malleable, 
I expect them, like we do all of us, to be a disciple. And in the context of discipleship, hey, let's talk about God's role for sexuality or his plan for sexuality. Let's talk about the sanctity of human life. Let's talk about fill in the blank, some of these other issues. So that that would that's a long convoluted answer. I don't know if it satisfies you, Nathan, but I'll throw it for your consideration. Yeah, I mean, but I think I think there's a lot going on there too because uh, I mean, at the end of the day, right, we 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 expect that our our government and our laws are going to protect and uphold people. And mm-hmm. those laws ultimately come from the Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you go back to, again, you go back to our founding documents, right? I mean, uh, many of the documents, you, you know, you've got things from Rousseau in there, but but there, there's actually a lesser known book that many of our documents are based on called uh, Lex Rex, written by Samuel oh. Rutherford, who was a uh, Scottish minister, mm-hmm. and talks about the divine authority of law. Mm-hmm. And looking at scripture and we see, right, I mean, how how precious life is in God's sight, right? And and you know, looking here, you know, Psalm 82 3, defend the weak and the fatherless, uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed, right? Like I I would agree that I think I, I think our job is to preach the gospel. But in the immediacy of what is going on, that there is a life that's about to be killed, right? Um, I've spent years um, training to defend myself. You know, I've got, at this point, 30, 38 years of martial arts training. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a number, set number of years on weapons training of, of all various kinds. Um, and the the ability to act when when i can do it right and this is part of our constitution that we the people are ultimately the ones who are supposed to enact on on one another's behalf and to step in and and to defend someone right and so you've got a person's life who's at stake you know for me it's not it, it wouldn't just be a, in a matter of am i keeping joy safe but if i see somebody else mm-hmm. I, I have the ability and the, and the skill to step in and stop that, mm-hmm. right? And so for, for part of that ability is the knowledge, right? And so we have this biblical knowledge. We have the knowledge of what is right and what is wrong. And so to step in and say, yeah, I mean, this is wrong, because at the end of the day, right, we don't wait for Christ to convict a person's heart that killing is wrong. We just say, no, this is wrong. We don't do this. Uh-huh. You know, and in courts, uh, courts prosecute people because of this. Right. You know, they don't come up to them. Well, well, what is your what is your religious belief when it comes to these things? We just we know that law and authority comes from God, and so this is what we what I would hope we would want to share with others. Um, so, you know, in a sense, yeah, I mean, the, the gospel is, is there, but, you know, sometimes what has to come is what, what has to come first is the ability to just say, there's a life in danger. We need it. We need to stop that. And so if I can in some way stop that, whether it's through, you know, protesting or whether it's through the conversation that I have with the person, man, you know, being able to, to use, 
my ability to speak well and to articulate things well, to use logic, uh, I would hope that maybe that would cause somebody to change uh, their view or thought on that. Yeah, I, I see that, Nathan. And if, if you want to couch it specifically in um, a, a certain situation where there may be a woman, a couple, and they're, they're sort of expressing their intention to terminate the pregnancy, I think I'm with you on that. I do. I, 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 I'm not going to be so ideological that I can't see the wisdom of that. I think I'm more... So in that, to go back to that, in that scenario, hey, you know, if, if they're talking about it, um, that's going to be a hard thing for me to say nothing about because of the reasons you just articulated. Um, uh, and, I, whoa, wow, how, how would you go about it? Even in that conversation, though, I'd still want to tie that to the gospel in some sense, right? That uh, the, the two things in Scripture that tell us to me, most clearly, that all human beings have value are creation and redemption, right? Um, God makes us. Jesus dies for us, right? And he, he doesn't, uh, you know, just die for his friends. He, First John two two, the sins of the whole world. So even in that, if there's a way to get it back to how much Jesus loves us and that all that is here he created, I would try. But I, I'm with you. I'm more talking about our general posture of communication. So let me shift it on you a little bit. How are we doing on time? Uh, we're at 45 right now. Oh, so, so let, let, let's make this. This would be a good one. We can go yeah. a little bit longer, dude. Sure. Um, it's been, been a good conversation, and I appreciate uh, the points you've made. Uh, and I'm just sort of feeling good this can be done civilly. Um Maybe until now. <laughs> wokeness. Yeah. All over I see stuff about wokeness. Yeah. You know, um, should the Christian speak out and try to stop wokeness from happening in our culture? Yes, but again, I, I think conversations need to be civil. Because, again, uh, to me... All, all this training that I've had, again, let's go back to my martial arts training, right? The ability to act and not to act. This is what Christ does, right? I mean, he has the ability. I could call down a legion of angels by my side to stop all this from going on, and he doesn't. He's got a purpose, he's got a mission, and he knows how he's going to accomplish that purpose and mission. All the knowledge that I have, I consider my greatest successes the times where I knew I could destroy someone. And and I don't I don't mean that lightly. I'm not joking about this. I knew that I could literally destroy someone, but not mm. that that ability to refrain. And so I consider civil arguments to be the same way. Mm-hmm. That we can have discussions and we can have arguments with people that don't turn vile on our end. I can be a master of words if I want to, and I mm-hmm. could tear someone down verbally in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And and in younger days, even younger than 2013, mm-hmm. I've done that. Um, and there is something to the regret that comes with not having the control to stop myself. So let me let me just start there. But yes, I do think we do, and and here's why. 
children are so susceptible to messages and to teachings. Um, and, and as you know, as a teacher, right, you and I have seen this, Greg, the, the time that we have with children, it's not enough to undo the messages that are out there, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so the messages that are out there that they're seeing, even unintentionally, things that are in commercials, things that are in what should be children's shows, what should be safe that, you know, I could, I could sit my son or daughter down with to look at. Um, yeah, I, I think we do need to talk about those things because there, there's clearly an agenda that is coming up and that is being put forth to try to push children in a certain direction. Yes, I understand what you're saying. Let me tell you, though, why I couldn't disagree more. It's because everything you're describing to me is symptomatic. It is a symptom of an underlying cause. And I don't want to waste time griping about symptoms. Dude, every time I'm on Twitter, every time I see it all the time, oh, man, yeah, the woke so-and-so, Gavin Newsom in California, Biden this, this and and I see Christians doing this. What I th- is, I think it creates hostility. I think it makes things more tense. And and whatever the issue is, I'm convinced 99 times out of 100 is a symptom of a heart that does not belong to Jesus. So let the symptoms go. They and let's go after people's hearts with the message of Christ. And I don't think that by starting with a symptom, as serious as it is, and addressing that symptom is the way to go. I think what I try to do, Nathan, or what I'm, I'm trying to advocate for is, let me look for as much common ground with this person so they give me a hearing. So I can be in their life maybe a little longer than the crazed preacher, which is not what you sound like at all, but you know what I'm talking about. Sure, yeah. The, the, the yeah. crazed, like we talked earlier, the caricature yeah. of the preacher yeah. where Jesus is 14 syllables, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Jesus says that, uh, you know, I mean, th- 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 I recognize that's in people's heads. Yeah. Right? So actually, because that's in people's heads, I want to work overtime to not come across like that. I want to come across like, hey, you and I live in the same world. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to identify with them on some of these hot potato issues. But if I look hard enough, do you have? I bet we have similar fears for our kids, uh, that they succeed, that they do. I bet we have similar hopes, right, for our families, that we be in harmonious relationships, that we want to see each other. I bet there's some common ground there that I can build. And within that little bit of common ground in an ever-changing culture, which looks very different than it did in 1950. Sure, heck, sure. In in 2000, it, 2015. It, it, you're right. I mean, let's be real. I, I mean, it looks very different than it did in 2015. It, that's a great point, dude. Which is eight years ago. Yeah. So it looks very, very different in light of that ever changing culture. Which, dude, here's my thought. It's sometimes just pragmatic. Man, that's above my pay grade. All this stuff. I know that if I can build relationships with people. And I know because they're part of the human race, I can share the gospel with them. And in the context of that gospel encounter, which I can't change their hearts, I can only offer the message I think God uses to change their hearts. If God chooses to change their hearts with that message, everything opens up 
And now it's not this frictious kind of back and forth, oh, you're woke, oh, shut up, you're out of touch, you you bigot, and all this back and forth that is just the world of social media. I see a way forward that I think I see in Scripture. Uh, I, I That's why I wanted to get this in, Nathan. Mm-hmm. I don't see anywhere in the book of Acts where there's any interest in overthrowing Nero, removing Nero's anti-human rights policies, which were many from the Roman Empire. I see Paul, Barnabas, Silas, Peter, James, everybody going out into the world to preach the gospel in a pretty hostile environment. Mm-hmm. And wonderful things have come about in history. We still, there's a long way to go. Slavery, to mention Wilberforce's mm-hmm. again, is abolished. Not because the church initially set out to end slavery, but the church set out to introduce people to Jesus. And when Jesus is in your heart and you look, how in the world can I enslave people made in the image of God? It took a while to get there, mm-hmm. but by the grace of God, it did. So those are my thoughts. I'm going to, I just got a couple more Please. and then uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap up here. I, you know, you talked about this as, um, symptoms, and, and I would agree 100%. And I, I think if you look at, you know, there, there are doctors out there who would tell you that, you know what, we've got to treat certain symptoms before we can actually get to the heart of this thing, before we can get to the root of this. Okay. That the symptoms that a person's going through, right, yep. the, 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 the sickness, the thing that's there, we actually have to treat those before we can do the first thing before we can actually get in there and, and, and root around and get to the heart of this issue. And so, I mean, that, that's the first thing that I would say. Um, the second thing that I would say is I, I think there is though a time and a place where we do stand up. I mean, look at, look at John the Baptist who stands up before Herod, right. And, and calls out publicly <laughs> the wrong that he's doing and loses his head for it literally. Yeah. Um, and so I do think that there is a time and a place where, where we do stand and we do call that wrong out. Um, and, and that does lead and can lead to genuine change and maybe not for the person themselves, right? Maybe the person that I'm calling out, maybe it's going to be like, I'm calling out Herod and I'm going to lose my head, but there are going to be others who are around there that see that and their lives are going to be changed and affected by what's just happened. Mm Mm-hmm. I hear that. I I still maintain the Great Commission of Matthew 28. The best place to see what that looks like practically in the life of the first century church is the book of Acts. There's none of it. Um, The Herod issue gets used a lot, dude. I just don't see that as normative. To me, that's a classic. We should build our theology, our understanding on what's prescriptive, what the church is prescribed to do instead of what's descriptive. Classic example of that, dude, is um, foot washing, right? I know there are some denominations that do foot washing, not many. Uh, I don't think it's sinful to do foot washing. I'm not remotely suggesting that. But I think the reason baptism and communion stick in most churches is because what you see described in the Gospels is reinforced in the epistles, the letters, which is more prescriptive. Foot washing is not. So it's interesting that the majority of churches, Christian churches, have some Eucharist, communion, the Lord's table, 
baptism, now they debate age and mode and all that, but baptism and communion, I don't see that with foot washing, you see it descriptively portrayed in John 13, when Jesus washes the disciples' feet, 13, 14, into 15. Um, I don't see the calling out of political leaders as a mandate prescribed for the church. It's never seen it. And and I would agree. I don't I don't think it's a mandate, but no. I also don't think it's not something we can't do. I understand that. And, I understand. And, that. and again, I, I I think that's a fair point. I again, I wouldn't do it mm-hmm. because of the impact. I feel like I've got only so much precious capital and time mm-hmm. with people that are outside of Christ. And man, I just so really, I'm gonna just tick them all off. You know, that's how I look at it. Mm. Right out of the gate uh, by aligning with this or, you know, I, I was glad to hear the let's go. That let's go Brandon stuff, dude. That stuff drives me nuts. I'm yeah, like, and, come on. And man. I don't, again, like I think, you know, holding to these views doesn't mean that I abandon what Scripture says, right? right. I hold to what Scripture says, which is this, you know, I, even even the things that say, you know, Biden's not my president. No, 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 he is. Yeah. He is. Uh, God is the one who put him in charge, um, and he is he is the one who the people have chosen and elected. That is our process. That is the democratic process that has served us for uh, over two hundred years, and we need to almost I mean almost three hundred. Yeah, three hundred seventy-five is or seventy-six is. Uh, or yeah, well, seventy-six. Two thousand seventy-six. Two thousand seventy-six will be three hundred years. Yeah, you're right. That's so right. Dude. I we're, won't we're be closer here. to that three hundred, <laughs> unless I make it to one hundred and six. Right, right? <laughs> and I don't want to make it to one hundred and six down here, dude. Um, but you know, the, these are the things that are that are given to us within um, within the government, and uh, they are. They are assured to us in the Constitution. And with that, we see that if I follow these things, then actually I'm honoring what God tells me, what Paul tells us to do in Romans 13, that I can actually honor my government even in speaking out against the the evil things that they're doing. Now, I can't do that in a way that is hateful and uh, subversive, but I can do it in a way that honors what Scripture tells me mm-hmm. and what Scripture says. And I think that, to me, is the ultimate goal and the ultimate prize of uh, being a conservative, is understanding that I, I truly hold to the Constitution, I hold to our founding fathers and the documents that are written, because they valued what was written in Scripture. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say that you know they're they're believers and all of that, but they valued scripture high enough to say that we need to base our law on this. And so, you know, to me, again, the highest form that I can I can do in honoring what Paul tells us to do in Romans 13 is actually speaking out against the evil and the wrong that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, not in a bombastic way not in an abrasive way, uh, but, you know, th- this is the truth, and and here it is, and, I, you know, we don't need to belabor it, but this is what it is. 
2013 Nathan is a lot nicer than a lot of the folks I see. It, dude, I'll just say it. I disagree with you, but uh, I I like the tone of your disagreement. Um, honestly, if sometimes just the tone, the charge could come down with the stuff I see on social media, woo, man, it would be nice. Well, and I think, I think that's the thing is, you know, I don't like the tone that I see a lot of times because it hurts us. Yeah. Right. I mean, a gentle answer, a gentle answer turns turns away away wrath. wrath. It doesn't say that the answer has to be an agreement. It says it has to be gentle. Yes. And I think that's what we're missing. Um, and, and I, and I do believe as conservatives, we could get a lot further if our answers were more gentle. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe that's what we're missing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's the piece that really needs to, to hit home is it doesn't matter again, all my training in the ways that I I could physically hurt somebody, the, the discipline and the control to not do that. Yeah, you keep looking at me when you and say that, dude. I'm starting to get a little <laughs> nervous over here. I'm like, just so the audience says, every time Nathan said that, I feel like I feel like I'm being sized up like a Sunday chicken dinner. Um, yeah, I could break Dutch probably in about two point three seconds. You know, I could. Uh, so I'm, I, I, I like. I want to end on this. End on this note. This kind note, dude. This charitable note. We arrived before I introduce another topic. It was good though, dude. I appreciate right. the discussion. Yeah, this was this was great. And uh, I'm gonna go ahead and since you brought us in, I'm gonna let you bring us out. Uh, Nathan, 2013 and 2023. Thank you for joining today. It was my pleasure. And Nathan, I think we just rocked the Casbah. Rocked it. Thank you again for listening to these Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.